Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host, Naomi, and today I'm here with Bryn Duncan. Bryn Duncan, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, I'm Bryn, and for starters, thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited. Um, I have been working to do everything I can to raise awareness for mast cell activation syndrome, so I was really excited when he reached out. Thank you, Bryn, and thank you so much for uh, wanting to be on the podcast um, and uh, spread awareness about um, mast cell activation syndrome. And yes, I'm really excited uh, for this conversation. And um, so my first question is, um, what is mast cell activation syndrome? So usually the first thing I do when I explain what mast cell activation syndrome is is I start off with explaining what a mast cell is and what the mast cell does. So the mast cells are responsible for the release of histamines in our body. And so, for example, if you get a bug bite or a bee sting, the little red welt or bump that comes up on your skin is a response from histamine release. And so in patients who have mast cell activation syndrome, our mast cells are hyperactive and they just constantly release histamines. So people with mast cell activation syndrome, it's safe to say we're pretty much walking around in a continuous form of like an allergic reaction, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard concept to like wrap your brain around, but um, that's my best way of explaining it. Wow. Thank, thank you for uh, that, that information. So, um, so, so with mast cell activation syndrome, like your mast cells are just constantly releasing histamine? They're just crazy, yes. Oh, and wow. I mean, there are things you can do to um, calm them down, but the tricky part of mast cell activation syndrome is that there is no specific form of treatment that works for everybody. Like what treatment works for one mast cell patient could cause anaphylaxis in the next. <laughs> so it's very difficult to treat because it's just a lot of trial and error mm-hmm. until you figure out what works. Um, I personally am on a continuous IV Benadryl infusion. So I have IV Benadryl running through my body at all times through my port. And I was actually one of the first patients to ever be put on this. And um, for me, it's made a really big difference. But that's kind of one of the like, um, that's that's not the first treatment option. Usually you get to that when other things have failed. But thankfully, mm-hmm. it's helped me a lot. Yeah, I, I hope, uh, I hope, you know, uh, someday uh, they'll be able to find cures for all kinds of chronic illnesses. And, and I have a feeling yes. we're getting there. <laughs> yes. And obviously the spreading awareness is the first step to that. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool because there have been other, um, so celebrities, for example, who have mentioned, I know Halsey recently mentioned that, that she has mass selectivation syndrome. And um, not saying it's like cool that somebody else has it, but it was like exciting for somebody else <laughs> that like is known to hear them say those words or list that diagnosis just because you don't hear about it very often. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always uh, it, it it feels like you're less alone when you hear that someone else has it in the world. <laughs> definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. But one of the good things that has come out um, as a result of me being chronically ill is I've met a lot of really great friends that I never would have known because we met each other like through social media. And it's cool because there are friends that I met on Instagram like more mm-hmm. than 10 years ago and that have now become some of my closest friends that I see. And it's really exciting to know that we were able to bring something good out of an unfortunate situation. Yes, absolutely. I can definitely relate to you on that as well. Um, and um, so I'm curious um, with your um, diagnosis, when did you first start having your first symptoms? So I've actually shown symptoms since birth. Um, When I was little, like I would projectile vomit so much to the point, sorry for being TMI, but to the point they had no idea how I was gaining weight. And as I got older, it just kind of progressed, but it wasn't like completely like totally interfering with my life, I guess, until I was around 14 or so. Mm -hmm. And I started having more symptoms. And then fast forward a couple years later, I, it was actually after I received a vaccine. And um, I'm in no way saying that people shouldn't be vaccinated. Uh, The vaccine itself was not necessarily the problem. It was just my body's response to the Mm -hmm. vaccine. So just to clarify, um, I don't want anyone to think, okay, I'm not going to get vaccines um, because they are important. But I had that vaccine and my body had a really bad response to it. And so I had my first anaphylactic reaction like a few days um, after I had that. Mm -hmm. And I was having reactions to random things. um, And it just kind of snowballed from there. But um we didn't figure out what was actually causing everything until mm-hmm. I was, I guess it was 2011. So we had, but we had spent seven years of actively going from doctor to doctor, trying to figure out what was wrong because nobody could figure it out. And so I, I finally, uh, we finally met a specialist and he told us in 2011, okay, this is mast cell disease. And in 2012, blood work confirmed it. So it's been a very long process, but the first year that I was diagnosed, I was admitted to the children's hospital 30 times alone. That was just the first year. And that's not including ER visits. And so I spent a lot of time inpatient. Um, but thankfully I've come a really long way and a lot of it's just figuring out what works and what doesn't for treatment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand, you know, with uh, being in the hospital and also having to constantly manage your chronic illness. And um, how how does mast cell activation syndrome affect your everyday life and how do you manage it? So it, if mast cell activation syndrome, it impacts my life more than um, people may think originally. Uh, for me, so I know a lot of mast cell patients have severe allergies to fragrances and perfumes, for example. So I've had full-blown anaphylaxis from perfumes. Um, the area that I live in, 
we actually, everyone in the neighborhood will send us a text message if they're going to be burning leaves or anything because mm-hmm. smoke triggers anaphylaxis. So um, it, it triggers, it causes a lot of issues when it comes to just airborne triggers, but I also have a lot of food allergies as well. So just from like something as simple as someone's laundry detergent could cause a mass cell patient to go into anaphylaxis and, but everybody is different. So for me, that was a really big struggle for for a long time because I couldn't really go anywhere without having severe allergic reactions and thank goodness (laughs) we have gotten that much better controlled over the years. But, um, that's the biggest one most mass cell patients struggle with that I've encountered. That's usually the biggest complaint as far as it impacting your quality of life, but there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> it, it, it can get better. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's hope. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that, um, that, um, there's already have been starting to be, to, to have some more improvements, um, over the years. And I'm actually like, I, I would just like to mention, you know, like, uh, bringing awareness to this, it's, made me realize you know um like 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 I never thought about like um I've never thought about like taking um things I'm things I'm not allergic to for granted and um it's really made me you you, um your story Bryn has really uh inspired me to uh take a lot um um take a lot less things for granted (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that's my like, and it's one of those things you don't really think about it until Mm -hmm. it impacts you. And so, for example, it didn't impact just me being sick. It was impacted my entire family because the Mm -hmm. whole household went, you know, sent free. There are certain foods that couldn't come into the house. And so it's very much a, you know, even though I'm the only, I was the only person in my family diagnosed with it, my family very much lives with it as well. Mm -hmm. And my friends. And so... But I'm thankful, though, to have people around me who are willing to do what they can just to, like, keep me safe and feeling, like, as good as I can. So I am really fortunate in that aspect. Yes, absolutely. Um, support from loved ones and um, all your friends is is really um, so, so important um, for, for everyone it with is. chronic illnesses. It <laughs> is. I am very very fortunate to have the support system that I do and it definitely makes a big difference in like trying to like look for positives out of all of this because it's really easy to like fall into a slump when you know you're sick and you can't leave the house and you're in and out of the hospital but like I always tell people that um so you know there's like the saying like live in the moment be present I've always said sometimes it's okay not to live in the moment because what if the moment that you're in sucks? (laughs) Like what if you're really sick? Then I, in my head, I go back to like happier memories or I'll think ahead of things that I want to do in the future. And so it's okay to allow yourself to have the bad days too, Mm -hmm. but trying to look out for the positives is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um 
I, I'm while on the, you know, subject of positivity, what has helped you the most with staying positive through all of this? So definitely humor. Um, you can't take yourself too seriously because, you know, you, it's like, you know, they say, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is so true, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I've just like, I've learned how to find humor in things Mm -hmm. that, you know, normally I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head, but there's so many, my mind's like a jumbled mess, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) um, I I would say that's the biggest part and music. Mm -hmm. I, um, listen to a lot of music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to think, yeah, I would just say don't try not to take yourself too seriously and like find humor in the difficult situations because it really really does make a difference Mm um i also you know i like to spend time i have my dog he's awesome Mm -hmm. and i think anybody who has a pet can relate to that i know that we love our our, uh pets like they're like you know another member member of the family Mm -hmm. but what about you yes um um, everything you just said, I, I can relate to so much. I'm so glad you mentioned the humor part. I, I, cause, cause that was like the, that, that was like the, uh, that was really, uh, what helped me cope with, uh, all the, um, hospitalizations and, um, with like, and also like, like what helped me like with my hospital stays, uh, like recovering from surgery, um, uh, listening to music really helped me through uh-huh. watching my favorite movies really helped me through it get, really helped me get through it and of course like um like you mentioned our my, my pets my dogs they, they they really really helped me like one of my dogs like when I got home from the hospital like one of my dogs like completely like refused to leave me alone and would follow me everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah (laughs) that's like that's like mine um so I have my service dog he recently passed away and Mm -hmm. so I have another dog that you know he's been training he actually alerts which is really cool um but back years ago I had been in the ICU for like seven weeks I was really sick and um they brought Moose he was my service dog to the hospital to see me and they brought him to my room and once it was time for him to leave he actually planted his feet on the ground. He did not want to leave me. They were like going to have to physically drag him out. <laughs> my dad ended up coming to the hospital and picking him up and carry him, carrying him out because he did not want to leave me just because he knew how sick I was. And normally like that was the behavior we had never seen from him. Cause you know, usually, you know, service dogs, there's <laughs> like, they have to, they're, they have to be very well trained. And, um, that was the first time we had ever seen him do anything like that. But it's like he he knew that I needed him and he didn't want to leave either. Mm-hmm. So animals are just, they're the best. Yeah. And, you know, like, I I think like, um, so, um, um, you know, like animals, like I think they can sense when we're in physical pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, they know it. And sometimes my dog, like sometimes he would give me away. So, like, say I was, like, hanging out with my friends or something, just, like, at my house. Moose would be picking up on me, like, not feeling well. And I would be like, no, no, stop it. Stop. No, no, no. You're going to give me away. Don't don't give it away. 
because sometimes it's easier to like as I say like fake it till I make it I like try to pretend that I feel well and then sometimes I can like that helps me get through Mm -hmm. and um he would sometimes give me away because he you know dogs they can see right through that and Mm -hmm. obviously like close family and friends can too but um I don't know it's it's helpful too sometimes to try and like I mean, I mean, there are some medical events that you have to acknowledge and treat, but other times I feel like it's easier to just pretend that, like, everything's okay, like, for yourself. That way you can, like, maintain some sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, th- this was this was really inspiring, Bryn. Thank you for sharing uh, all this information about uh, your con- your condition. I'm so glad you wanted to spread awareness. And um, is there anything else you would like to share? Hmm. I guess my biggest thing would just be to like, like whenever you're going through a hard time to try and like reach out to others, don't let it stop you because it's really easy to like fall into this like reclusive state and it's, it's like best in the long run if you just don't like don't give up on yourself Mm -hmm. and there's always better days ahead that's all I would that's all I can think to say just like yeah Mm -hmm. just keep swimming just keep swimming yes just keep swimming Uh uh-huh yes even when you're in a really like difficult challenging situation with your health uh you you have to keep having the motivation and I really do think like you know having the motivation to keep going and to not give up is really I I really think it's a huge contributor to why we survive yes it's everything Mm -hmm. it's everything yeah Mm -hmm. and thank you so much Mm -hmm. for um inviting me to be on your podcast and giving me a chance to help spread awareness about mass activation syndrome you're welcome thank you so much for um, wanting to be a guest i'm really excited to release this episode um this is going to spread a lot of awareness (laughs) thank you so much